Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I got everything out of this conference. When you see a thousand people or more getting healed, being touched by the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't you want to be here? God heals all His children. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. This week, I've been doing something special, and we've been playing excerpts from our 2019 Healing Is Here conference, and I tell you, it was powerful. We saw thousands of people healed. I'm not exaggerating. We actually had people stand up if they had been healed, and there was well over a thousand. And the good news was, that the majority of them we didn't lay hands on. They just heard the truth. They heard the Word of God from all of these different speakers, and it produced healing in their bodies. And it was powerful. Today, I'm going to play another portion of the teaching I did from 2019 on the power of imagination. This has become a really uh, strong force in my life, and we have seen hundreds, probably thousands of people healed as they understood how important our imagination is to our belief system. So we're going to play that portion of my teaching from the 2019 Healing Conference. And remember that we have our 2020 Healing Conference coming up on August the 11th through the 14th. You won't want to miss it. Watch this video, and then I'll be back at the end of today's program. We're saved by hope. And the word saved here, Greek word sozo, it's not only talking about forgiveness of sins but it's talking about healing. Healing is a part of your salvation. You have been forgiven of sins, but you've also been healed just as much as you were forgiven of sins. I'm going to say something right now that the vast majority of people don't get and they misunderstand, but that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> but you know what? I believe I am redeemed from sickness as much as I'm redeemed from sin. I fight sickness as much as I fight sin. I wouldn't have a cold. I wouldn't get sick any more than I'd commit adultery. I won't do it. And some, why well, I don't have any control over that. You just cooperated with the devil by thinking that. Well, I can't control whether I get a cold or not. Yes, you can. Amen. I know many of you think this is just totally weird, but you know what? It's been 50 years since sickness is one in my life. I've, I've had some sickness try and knock on my door. I was making radio one time and had the flu attack me right in the middle of a radio program. And I started having aches and chills and I stopped for about 30 minutes and prayed in tongues and got over it and went back and finished up the deal. I've had sickness fight me, but I had, sickness hadn't won in my life in 50 years. I don't get sick. I don't believe in getting sick. I will not get sick. You can't make me sick. And many of you are saying, well, that's not true. You can't live that way. That's the reason you're sick. As long as you can be sick, you will be sick. But when you get sick and tired of being sick and said, I will not do this because Jesus has purchased it and I've got authority and power, death and life are in the power of my tongue and I'm going to walk in healing. 
When you get to that place, then it's just like Psalms 91. No plague will come nigh thy dwelling. Only with your eyes will you see and behold the reward of the wicked. A thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come nigh you. That's the promises of God. But did you know all of those promises in Psalms chapter 91, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. It's voice activated. The power of God is voice activated. You got to start speaking this. You got to start saying that by his stripes I'm healed. I refuse this sickness. You got to fight against it. Let's turn over to the scriptures that I think it was Daniel was using this this morning or Carly. Anyways, one of the two or both of them. In uh, Romans chapter 4 and in verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they are. Did you know that this is a quotation from the Old Testament when it says that he calls things that be not as though they were? And what he's talking about is Abraham's name originally was Abram, which meant exalted or mighty father. And he says, I'm changing your name from Abram, from being an exalted father to being Abraham, the father of many nations, because a father of many nations have I made you. Already done, past tense. That was 26 years before Isaac came along. And God called him a father of many nations 26 years before he had a child. And that's what it's referring to. God calls those things that be not as though they were. He spoke it into existence. And then in verse 18, talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. There was no hope in the natural. In the natural, he was 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him finally in the 18th chapter of Genesis and told him this time in the next year, your wife will conceive and have a child. He was 99 years old and Sarah was 90 years old. And the scripture says it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. She had been through menopause. It was impossible for her to have a child. And so in the natural, there was no hope, but he against hope, against all of the odds, he believed in hope. And hope, what is hope? It's a positive imagination. He had a vision of having a child in his old age. This is the reason that God says, count the stars in the sky or number the grains of sand on the seashore. If you can count them, so shall your seed be. That's how numerous your descendants are going to be. And I believe that the reason God gave him those is because it helped him to see. It helped his imagination. Every day, he didn't have boots like I do. He had to walk in sandals and he got dirt on his feet. And every day he had to clean the dust and the grains of sand off of his feet. Every night, they didn't have a building like this. They sat out under the stars and every night he saw the stars. So day and night for 26 years, every time he looked up there, it was so shall my seed be. Every time he looked at the grains of sand, so shall my seed be. For 26 years, he conceived this. That's the reason God did this. He gave him something that he could see. This is the reason the Bible says, don't take away landmarks. There are scriptures about it's, a, it's forbidden. You could be punished by death if you take away your neighbor's landmarks because we need to have landmarks. We need to remember things. 
I've got a rock that's that tall and about this big. It weighs over a ton that rolled over my head. And I got a landmark of a thing right there where I wrote the scripture down out of Psalms that says, the Lord preserves the simple. And uh, I said, God saved my life when this rock rolled over my hand, arm, and head. And it was right before I started on television. It was 1999. And I've got that. And every time I walk down that trail, I see that. And I remember, Jesus, you got a purpose for my life. You kept me from dying. And I've got these memories. We need to imagine things. We need to remember things. We need a vision of where you're going. If I was to ask most of you in here to write down your vision for your life, there's many of you that have a wish list. You wish you would have more money. You wish you could do something, start your own business or do things. But what do you really see for your life? I've done this in other services and over, usually over 80% of the people in a service like this don't have a clear direction for your life. You're just doing what circumstances you had to have a job and so you got a job, it's paying your bills and so you're doing it, but many of you hate what you're doing. Man, you get up on Monday and talk about Blue Monday and then on Friday, TGIF. Man, if you're excited about taking the week off, it's because you haven't found what God's called you to do. Man, I love what I'm doing. I actually had, I walked through the break room one day and one young guy was going TGIF. And I said, what does that mean? He said, thank God it's Friday. And I said, what's so great about Friday? He says, I don't have to work tomorrow. And I said, I can fix it so you don't have to work any days. <laughs> I said, do you not like working here? And he goes, oh no, I like it here. And I said, well, then why are you so excited about getting off of work? And boy, he started backpedaling and... <laughs> Anyway, he doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if that's the way that you are, and if, you're, if it's a drag and it's a burden on you to go to work, you have not found what God's will for your life is yet. And there's many people that just work a job because, well, I've got to do it, and I don't know, I just put in a, I answered a want ad, and this is what happened. But you don't know that God called you to do that. You know, this is not a dress rehearsal. You're burning daylight. And if you aren't, if you don't know what God has called you to do, or if you don't have some direction and are pursuing that, waiting on further instructions, then you're wasting time. If you aren't living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. You need to be out there doing what God called you to do. And let me just put in a plug for Karis Bible College. This is what it's all about. There's a lot of people that know that there's more than what they're experiencing. They don't know what it is, but they, there's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. And they figure that God is the answer and they figure it's in the word. And so they come to Bible college. And I tell you, we have thousands and thousands of people that discover what God's will for their life is. And it takes on meaning and it just totally transforms your life. Man, if you don't know for sure what God called you to do, I'd recommend Karis. It'll, it'll change your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have people say, well, if I, if I could just do what I wanted to do, I would come. I'd come to Karis Bible College, but I'm just not sure it's God. 
And so I tell people all the time, I say, well, I understand what you're saying. It might be the devil that wants you to come sit under the word four hours a day, five days a week for two or three years. Or that might be your flesh. This sounds like the devil, like just the flesh that you want to come to school. You know what? If you got a desire, guess what? God put the desire there. You need to satisfy it. We've got all kinds of ways. We've got an e-carriage that you can take out there and get an iPad and the whole first year is loaded on there. You don't even have to have an internet connection. And anyway, good things. So why did I get off on that? But it was good. You got to have a vision for your life. That's what I was talking about. Thank you, Greg. And so most people don't have a vision for their life. They're just like on a treadmill and they're just going and they don't know where they're going. They're going nowhere. Boy, that's, that's a wasted life. God's never made a piece of junk. God has never made you to just occupy space. God has never made anybody to just go through life and then when you die, nobody misses you. You didn't touch anybody. You didn't do anything. I'm not saying this to condemn you. I know many people, oh, I don't want to think about that. Well, the only time you can do anything about it is now. After you're dead and gone, it's too late. So you need to deal with it now. It may not be pleasant, but I'm telling you, you need to know what God's purpose for your life is. I was born for such a time as this. I know I'm where God told me to be. You know, I went and spoke one time at a, a guy who was a partner of mine and he had 30, 40 employees and he asked me to come in and speak to him. And so I spoke to him, saw some people born again, saw some great things happen. And when I walked out, there was a new lady, an oriental lady that was sitting at the reception desk. And I said, you weren't back there with the rest. And she said, no, I'm the new kid on the block. And they wanted me to answer the phones while everybody was in the back. And she said, who are you? So I told her my name. She says, what do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. And boy, her eyes got big and she said, for who? And I said, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And she says, you're the one. And I said, the one what? And she told me that she was a Buddhist. And the night before she was going through all of her rituals that she goes through and she just stopped in the middle of it. And she says, God, this can't be it. She says, I know that there is a God. I know that you exist, but this can't be it. Who are you? Reveal yourself. And she said a ball of light came in front of her and it was pulsating and she heard an audible voice saying, tomorrow I'll send you a man who will tell you who I am. And she said, you're the man. And I said, I am the man, praise God. And I got to lead her. I led her into salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was great to see what God did for her. But when I went and sat in the car, I couldn't even start the car up. I just sat there praising God, thinking, God, I was in the right place at the right time. I was in the perfect center of God's will. And that feeling is amazing. To know that you're exactly where God wants you to be. And brothers and sisters, I love you, but there's some of you that have never had that. You don't know. You're hoping so. You hope that your life is going for something, but you aren't in the driver's seat. You're just in the back seat along for the ride. You aren't controlling anything. Man, that'll kill you. That's not what God intended. 
you got to have a vision for your life. And so he had a vision. He knew that he was going to have a child. And he had been waiting. And even though he was near, he was 100 years old when Isaac was born, he had a vision. And look at this. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. That is a quotation from Genesis chapter 15 where he says, count the stars in the sky. If you can number them, so shall your seed be. Five words. Abraham believed God with five words. We've got millions of words. But the word painted a picture. If you can count the stars, if you can count the grains of sand, so shall your seed be. The word of God sparked his imagination. This is the difference between fantasy and imagination. Imagination, godly imagination, is based on the word of God. You let the word paint a picture. Man, I got so much I want to say. Put a little comma here. I'm going to come right back to this. And I'm not going to turn over there lest I stop and preach on it. But in Psalms chapter one, verse two, it says, the godly man who is blessed, his meditation is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Then in Psalms chapter two, verse one, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The word imagine in Psalms chapter two, verse one, and the word uh, meditate in Psalms 1-2 is the exact same Hebrew word. You can't meditate without imagining. Meditation in the word is when you read the word, you take that information, but then you close the book and you wait until those words form a picture, until it affects your imagination. This is why when people go to Israel, they come back and they say, oh, the Bible just came alive. There's such an anointing on that place. Man, everything was awesome. There isn't a greater anointing in Israel than there is right here. You know what happens in Israel? Things that you've read about, but you didn't meditate until it formed an image. Now you can go over there and all of a sudden you see these places and it sparks your imagination. I took a tour to Israel and when they went down to the Valley of Elah where David fought Goliath, it was a hot day and the bus parked on the side of the road and there's nothing there. And for miles, it's just open. It's very similar to the way it was in David's time. And the tour guide said, this is where David fought Goliath right here. Does anybody want to get out? And it was a hot day, so nobody wanted to get out but me. And I got out and made them all wait. And I walked down to this dry to this dry riverbed or stream and I got five smooth stones and I stood there and held those stones and looked around on the mountains and thought about what would it be like to fight Goliath? You know what? I was seeing it. I imagined it. It quickened my imagination and that became real to me. And I've got a whole series that I taught about David because I didn't just read the words, but I read it and I saw it. And then I saw myself fighting my Goliaths, my giants. See, there's people that will read it and you could tell me what David did and how it worked for him, but you've never seen yourself slaying the giant. That's your imagination. That's how you meditate in the Word. You, have to, you can't meditate what you haven't read, so yes, you have to read and you have to study and you have to put the information in, but then you need to sit there and see 
these things coming to pass. If the Bible says greater is he, than he that's in you than he that's in the world, have you ever seen yourself greater than the devil, greater than the problems that you're facing? Or do you see yourself overcoming? Do you come up to somebody and, oh, I'm in such a bad shape. I'm going to die if the Lord doesn't. That's not seeing yourself greater than the problems that you're facing. Many people can quote the scripture, but they don't see it. You've got to see it. So Abraham saw it. And it says in the next verse, and be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. The word consider, if you look it up in the dictionary, it means to study, ponder, deliberate, examine, meditate, he never thought about his body being dead. Let me ask you, if God told you, and if you wanted a child when you were 100 years old, Carly was mentioning that this morning. I, that's not something I'm believing for, praise God. <laughs> but if you wanted a child, if you'd been believing for it your whole life, and if God came to you and said, you're going to have a child this time next year, what would most of us do? We'd Google it. What's the oldest that any person's ever had a child? And we'd go check it out on the internet. And then we might, you know, go to the doctor and get checked out or have our wife checked out. You know, is it possible? Could she still have? And you accumulate all of this unbelief. And then you've got this mountain of unbelief that says, no, it's impossible. It can't happen. Then you go back and say, God, are you sure about that? And he said, yes. And then you say, it's so hard to believe. Why is it hard to believe? Because you considered all of the other stuff that says, no, it can't happen. Abraham never considered his own body now dead. He never even, he, I'm sure he had the knowledge that he was 100 years old and his wife had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. I'm sure that he had the facts, but that's not what he focused on. He wasn't considering it. He wasn't studying it. He wasn't pondering it. He wasn't examining it. But most of us, the first thing we do, if the doctor says you're going to die, man, we go research it and look it up and find out how long have I got to live? Uh, has anybody ever beat this? And you study all of these things and then wonder why it is it is so hard to believe God. Man, that was awesome. I tell you, this has changed my life and I, I know it's changing other people. If it does for you what it's done for me, this teaching could revolutionize your life. And let me remind you that we have our 2020 Healing is Here conference coming up on August the 11th through the 14th right here in our facilities in uh, Woodland Park, Colorado. You don't want to miss it. But uh, we are offering you the teaching, the entire teaching from the 2019 Healing Conference is on this one little USB or you can get DVDs of the entire conference or you can get compact disc of the entire conference. It'll be a blessing to you. So listen to our announcer. Remember that today is our last day to promote these materials from the 2019 Healing is Here conference. And remember to join us August the 11th through the 14th, 2020 for our current Healing is Here conference. On today's broadcast, Andrew shared a portion of the 2019 Healing is Here conference. Once again, let me encourage you to please get this product. As I've said many times this week, God healed thousands of people at our 2019 Healing is Here conference, and we've captured every bit of this. 
And we've heard many testimonies of people since then that have watched the archive um, you know, services and they get healed. There is no expiration date on the anointing of God. This would bless you. So we've got a USB that has all of the audio and video. We've got it just in DVD. We've got it in CD. If you'll listen, our announcer will give you all the information. And please take advantage of this. God wants you well. The Healing is Here conference is available in its entirety on a CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive, which includes both audio and video. These valuable resources were recorded live from the conference and are each available for $49 when you contact us. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this product. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Our helpline is closed to date, but you can always visit our website at awmi.net. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to invite you to come join us on August the 11th through the 14th for our 2020 Healing is Here conference. Last year was tremendous. We saw the dead raised. We saw people come out of wheelchairs. We saw thousands of people healed. And I tell you, during this coronavirus uh, problem that we've been having, we need healing. We need to understand these truths. It would bless you. So remember, it's August the 11th through the 14th in Woodland Park, Colorado, our 2020 Healing is Here conference. The trajectory of your life is about to change. Forget what has gone on in the past. Forget all the zillions of people that you've had pray for you. Forget all of the doctor's reports that have come against you in the past. God has a future for your life and it's good. You have to say it. The power of God is voice activated. And you have to speak words. All pain Thank you, Jesus. gone now Thank you, Jesus. in Jesus' name. I moved to Colorado to go to Karis Bible College. That was one of the happiest days of my life. I just felt in my heart that God said, go now. When he said Colorado, I just said, okay. And I was blown away. God proved himself in that first month. God is here. The Holy Spirit is transforming people's lives here. Everything here points to Jesus. And that's what makes Carrie so special. I thought this is like being in heaven. <laughs> just being in this environment with these teachings that are just so rich and full of the Word. You step on here, you start meeting like-minded people. Like-minded believers around you, just building you up and just really drawing out all those gifts and callings within you. Learning these things together and then discussing it and being able to pray for each other. It doesn't matter what age you are, where you come from, I would recommend Karis to anybody. It, I mean, it radically transformed your life. 
And I want to share with you about Keras Distance Education. This is what we call our online platform or our correspondence courses where you get the material sent to you. But you don't have to come to a physical location. You can receive the teaching through these platforms and then you can send in your test. You actually have interaction and stuff, but you don't have to leave and go to a physical location. And for some of you, this is your answer to how you could receive the teaching from Keras without having to pick up and move to one of these locations. You can get more information by contacting us, but we encourage you to become a part of Keras Bible College through our distance education.